From west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. Connecting with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian, Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, producer, and good friend, Craig Williams. Craig, how are you today? I'm spooky. Spooky. <laughs> yeah. And so we're yeah. finally at that last weekend here we on Connecting with Walt. And then after this, we'll never talk about Halloween again. For a year. For a well, year. Less yeah. than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know I thought of you because I had to go to um, Lowe's for some items. And of course, there, there's, um, you know, what, what little Halloween stuff is left is on a cart. You know, at you know, oh, yeah, thirty yeah. percent off or fifty percent off, and and Christmas has taken over, and the the Lowe's Disney Christmas decoration department is there. They have they have almost all new stuff. So um, I'll, I I took a little video of the items, mm. and I'll, I'll post that you know on yeah. social media. But uh, yeah, they have different mickey mouse outdoor you know like lamps and giant wreath that i think would attract an airplane to land from orlando (laughs) international airport or something and um a couple little plastic figures but they all the stuff like they don't have outdoor house lights this year um you know they have all those little swirly projector things but um and, and path lights and all that. Half of it was already sold out. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I, I can't believe this. The stuff I I wasn't interested in much, but what little I was interested in was long gone. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> a, my holy grail for this year. Is it's already popping out at places. They said there should be more as it gets closer to Christmas. Uh, but I am on the lookout for the new peppermint bark Oreos that. Some oh. people have said it started to pop up at Walmarts and Targets, but they've always, every year, they've had a peppermint Oreo. But they're saying this year it's it's a new formula with even more peppermint bark in the actual cookie itself. So it's it's going to be even more uh, like a, a crunchy cookie pepperminty experience. That's, and, that sounds good. Yes, and I... I, I was already out looking for them with no success, but I will find them. But well, with a little bit of sleuthing, I also found one store nearby that still has Mickey Mouse uh, 90th anniversary Oreos. So I need to go back over there and get some. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, those things, I, I doubt we'll get the peppermint bark one if it's anything like our town. I never saw those Mickey birthday cookies, you know, except the story I told where were in one grocery store. They had them stashed in the back. Yeah. And I, I really suspect they were going to sell them on eBay <laughs> so, <laughs> since they were going for like $16 a package. Yeah, people are weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... But but um, but you know, speaking of holidays, I mean, have you seen how much the Hatboxed Ghost Tiki mugs have been going for? Oh yeah, on eBay. No, it's 
it's just pure insanity. So it's it, uh, but I, I get shocked. it. If you're not able to come down, it you don't really have a lot of options. So, but and, when people are selling them for approaching two hundred dollars, I mean that's just greed. That's horrible. Yeah, it, it's gonna get worse though. That's the thing. It's it a lot of times with these mugs, it kind of ebbs and flows. So. Uh, right when they come out, they skyrocket the price. And then once they start posting so many on eBay and no one's buying them, then the price will lower down. Um, and, you know, I can't even give people out there who want one and are looking on eBay, I can't even give you the time frame on that. Um, it's luckily, since I've collected mugs, there was only ever one that I missed out on. Like, when I thought it was going to be gone for good, that was the very first OWA at Disneyland. The first mm-hmm. the first branded one that was an actual Trader Sam's one. Because before they made their own mugs, they were using mugs from uh, just Tiki Farm mugs. And so, like, I thought I missed out on the first OWA bowl and bought one on eBay, I think, way back when. You know, you could get them for, like, $30 at trader sam's and i was like huffing and puffy puffing because i spent 55 on ebay and you know now that one is just if it shows up on ebay it's astronomical the first the first um the first edition the very first edition of the the barrel mug out in Mm -hmm. uh enchanted tiki bar like if you have that one, it, it could easily go for three hundred bucks, if not oh, more. So um, a lot of those ones, you know, they were low for a while. Then when there was a lot on the market, and then as they started getting bought up by people who who wanted them to have them, they're not showing up on eBay, and the prices are getting jacked up again. So uh, hmm. it's for anyone who didn't get them right now. I wouldn't freak out and overspend. They should drop in a little bit and then find that sweet spot get the ones that you can because then it's just it's going to go up in price and then you're never going to have a chance yeah well I, I one of our dis colleagues picked up um the, the disneyland one for me and just arrived uh, yesterday so i have oh. it proudly displayed yeah so. mine's uh i, I trade with uh <laughs> with strangers on the internet so mm-hmm. it's um yeah, my, mine's on the way so mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't want to ask any co-workers or anything to to suffer through that awful line mm-hmm. <laughs> it ended up being well they, they ended up waiting they went towards the end of the day or later afternoon and they waited about 45 minutes yeah oh no and that's that was the smart way to do it but mm-hmm. um luckily luckily i'm part of a really great community on on facebook of other like-minded tiki crazed people uh <laughs> who who are just trying to make it easy for people on opposite coasts so, uh, <laughs> that's nice yeah no so. it's nice to be a part of something that yeah. must what must be what people feel like to be a on disboards and stuff. So yeah, I don't absolutely. really engage there. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, speaking of like-minded people and who like to engage, if you want to engage with us at Destination D, we are having a Connecting with Walt meetup on November 16th at 2 p.m. And, and Craig, do you want to explain to folks where this is at? Yeah. So, 
as I've been saying the past couple weeks, uh, unless this is your first time hearing it, which it might be, not going to count you out on that one, but uh, we are going to be meeting on Friday at 2 p.m. at the Contemporary on the fourth floor, which is the, the concourse floor, at the Outer Rim Lounge. So after you come up the escalators from like the main entrance, if that's where you're coming from, uh, it's you're going to go up and then it's going to be a 180 degree turn and it's basically the little bar area that's just to the left of the entrance of chef mickey's and contempo cafe so and if you're coming by monorail from the the monorail line uh the resort line then you just go downstairs and you're right there so not and when i mean downstairs i mean you have to take an escalator to get from the monorail uh loading area to the actual fourth floor concourse and that's when you you break off from there and so it's just as easy as getting there but uh like um like i've said in the past too with it it's completely uh unofficial it's not going Mm -hmm. to be a lot of big fanfare it's just a bunch of us friends getting together to to talk and hang out for a while and obviously the bar is going to be there so uh opportunity to indulge if if you feel the need to and uh just just be indoors and get excited about uh get excited about destination d so it's you know it's a lot of people are going to be if you're smart you're checking in on friday for the event so that's why we chose that time a little bit after lunch a little bit before dinner uh so it gives you plenty of time to check in Come say hi and still get about your plans for all your fast pass, dining reservations, everything like that, and uh, get a good night's sleep before we're sitting in a in a room for a long time, but hearing some some really awesome and fascinating information. Oh god! Oh, they keep adding events and things. Yeah. I think didn't they just add, they just added something about Mary Poppins Returns? Didn't they? Yeah, those. Uh, yeah. About- yeah, it's about two weeks back that they, oh, okay. they added that one. <laughs> I'm a little slow. <laughs> well, it's, you know, we talk about we've talked about the meat basically every mm-hmm. episode that we've recorded. Mm-hmm. It's just I forget mm-hmm. to ever think about like, oh, should we give an update on what else they've added to it? But no, yeah, they're they're gonna do a little. I think it's an hour long uh, thing on on Mary Poppins Returns, uh, mm-hmm. debuting some of the music from, right. from the movie and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so it's we're starting to get that branch off away from the Mickey since that's it, it was all Mickey, Mickey, Mickey up front. Now we're we're getting into the the nitty gritty of the other stuff that's that's going to be coming out with it. So and who knows, there might still be another surprise or two up their sleeve for all we know. You, know, you never know. Who knows what'll go on movie night? <laughs> What's that? Who knows what if they you know how they debuted Moana? Yeah, the last time. Who knows? Maybe they'll debut something for us. So, I wonder when's Ralph breaks the internet come out. That's before. Um, is it? Is it? I thought it was like November sixteenth or something. Or is that? Is that? Um, Mary Poppins returns. Mary Poppins returns is in December. So mm-hmm. I'll break the internet. Just do a quick search right now. It's November twenty first. So okay. that, I don't know. I don't Never know. know. No, I don't. Never it could know. be. Yeah, it wouldn't and, fit and, the theme, but <laughs> no. <laughs> but I wouldn't even complain uh, at all. I would so. not either. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> yeah. So, and another way, like-minded people can can 
be a part of Connecting with Walt is, you know, we have our November 2nd Q&A episode coming up. And Craig has been talking about how you can submit questions. And actually, by the time you're listening to this, it could possibly be too late to submit questions. Because in order to give us time to go through them, um, our last day to submit questions will be Friday, October 26th. Yeah, which is obviously the day that this is coming out. We had a bit of a... uh... Oh, a bit of a little bit of a glitch. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but with the original posting that went out on the internet, uh, on Facebook for it. So unfortunately, uh, it's then Michael caught it. I didn't catch it. And uh, we haven't been able to promote it on this show again since since all of that happened. We've already got a lot of great questions in. We even got one question that we decided that there's so much we can go into with it that to just answer it on the show would be would be a shame that we're actually going to make a full show out of it and i know i'm excited about that one michael's excited too so Mm -hmm. a lot of great questions so far um like we said the cutoff unfortunately is the day that this is released on that friday um if we feel like we do need a couple more questions, you know, feel free to still throw your questions in on that Facebook post uh, at facebook.com slash disunplugged. Not saying that that we won't um, have to go back and see if there's like one or two more new ones, but most likely we won't. But that shouldn't stop you. And as always, if we didn't ask your question, answer your question last time, you can always re-ask it again. And oh, yeah, might definitely. do it next time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great. Looking forward to that show. Yeah. So. Now, we've been celebrating Halloween on Connecting with Walt by exploring the haunted happenings at the Disneyland parks in China. And in our last episode, Holly walked us through the festivities at Shanghai Disneyland. And in this episode, we're traveling to the Hong Kong Disneyland Resort. Now, Craig, did you know that Walt Disney's celebration of Halloween in Anaheim predates Disneyland? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Actually, maybe I did. I think. Well, you're a, you're a Kevin and Jody fan, yeah, so you the might. Anaheim Parade. You might know, yeah, because yeah. they they really because they they basically resurrected that parade. Yeah, and, and it's uh, and they it ta- so they talked a lot about the history of that parade. So it is. It's a wonderful parade. I would love to be able to see it in real life. I've watched it, you know, on. You know, social media. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I was close one year. I thought I, I was going to be able to, to be in town to see it because it is just everything that I'm obsessed with aesthetic-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really, really... One day, I, I have to see it in person. It's, yeah. it's perfect, but that's also why I wasn't sure if I knew it predated because it it just looks like they're retro style so perfectly. Mm-hmm. So it it's, it's hard to know... Is it based on this classic stuff they used to do, or is it just classic Kevin and Jody? Yeah, <laughs> it's a little of both. Uh, you know, after World War II, the Anaheim Chamber of Commerce decided to expand its Anaheim Halloween Festival, which dates back to 1924. And it grew over the years to include a large nighttime Halloween parade that was judged by executives of large companies. And, you know, that was to, you know, really promote Anaheim to these large companies and, you know, 
perhaps attract business. Um, in 1953, the Chamber of Commerce invited the Walt Disney Studios to participate by um, asking them to provide some parade floats and a judge for the parade. And this provided an opportunity for Walt to send a couple of representatives to participate in the parade festivities as, you know, coordinating the floats, uh, the Disney floats, and also as a judge, and to start investigating the suitability of Anaheim for the theme park that Walt was planning, and for Anaheim officials to attract the attention of the Hollywood film industry. And so Disneyland continued to have a presence in the parade over the years, but it wasn't until 1995 that Disneyland held its first Halloween-themed event. And this was Mickey's Halloween treat, and it ran on eight, on October 26th, 27th, 30th, and 31st. And it included trick-or-treating locations, like about 50 of them in the park, um, a kid's costume cavalcade, and they had special uh, menu items throughout the park. In 2001, Disneyland transformed the Haunted Mansion into the Haunted Mansion Holiday, hosted by Jack Skellington and his Halloween Town friends. And until 2006, uh, Knott's Berry Farm was the theme park that pretty much owned Halloween in Southern California until the Disneyland Resort debuted Disney's Halloween Time that included elaborate decorations in both parks, Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure, and they also had special shows and activities. And this event changed and grew over the years and is now Mickey's Halloween Party. Have you ever been to... um? The Disneyland Halloween party? Just that one time with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back in and, 2014. So, yeah. And, and it I was, love that party. It was, I enjoyed it, minus the <clears> fact <throat> that as I've complained about every year since when I've had a, a platform to do so, I am pissed off that the one thing I wanted to see was the fireworks, and we got right up to the big finale, and that's yes. when the lights came on and the music faded out and no finale happened <laughs> yeah due to high winds yep <laughs> yes so if disneyland's good at anything it they know how to flip the switch on a um, on a fireworks yeah um, it's so there's been only a few times that i've been out of california where it's like the one main thing i wanted to see were fireworks and I, I could, I would say three times in, four times in particular, four times that fireworks were pretty much part of the entire reason why I was there. And two out of the four times, I was disappointed with it, yeah. with cancellations. And, it, and it's so jarring. Yeah. Because it literally is like there is a giant light switch somewhere that somebody throws. Yeah. And it just stops everything. Music's off. Lights go back on. Yeah. And I'm happy. <laughs> it's for safety and, you know, protect businesses, protect people, all of that. But uh, it's... It is so frustrating, like yeah. especially growing up with Walt Disney World and never knowing that, like, oh, fireworks could be canceled. I mean, ours have been canceled for like really, really, really bad weather uh, to the point that it's not safe for people to stand out in it. But <laughs> other than that, it's it happens. So yeah. <laughs> it's, 
Sorry. Sorry for that tangent. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That that was I remember that very well. <laughs> so now let's head over to Hong Kong Disneyland where pumpkins scream in a dead of night and where our correspondent Hadrian is waiting to walk us through that park's haunted celebration. Now we're heading over to Hong Kong Disneyland and see how they are celebrating uh, Halloween 2018 over there. And we have our correspondent, Hadrian, who is a listener to Connecting with Walt. And he's a frequent visitor to Hong Kong Disneyland. I got to meet Hadrian, actually, at the park. Uh, Well, actually, he met me at the Disneyland, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland Hotel when we arrived. I'd met Hadrian actually at the D23 Expo in Anaheim. And then we met at the park. And then we were hoping to get, when we met at the hotel, we were hoping to get together at the park. And then, um, well, this, this, this weather disturbance called a typhoon moved in. And then that that ended uh, that ended that visit, so um, because everything was closed in Hong Kong the next day. So anyway, um, so Hadrian, uh, welcome to Connecting with Walt. How are you? I'm doing well, Michael. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, I'm delighted! It's great to um, to talk to you again. So. Uh, so tell me, you know, Halloween is a very Western celebration that has sort of traveled around the world. How is it celebrated in Hong Kong in general? Uh, well, essentially, we have uh, um, two themed amusement parks in Hong Kong, which is, of course, Hong Kong Disneyland. And we also have um, Ocean Park, which is the sort of SeaWorld type kind of um, um uh, theme park uh, in, in on Hong Kong Island, and I, I don't think you visited Ocean Park while you were no, no, didn't have the time. Uh, yes, well, they also have a Halloween event, which is more geared towards um, adults, so more of the uh, not scary farm or Halloween Horror Nights kind of um, scare houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was always here even before Hong Kong Disneyland was uh, built. And um, Hong Kong Disneyland tried to replicate some of those um, scare houses. So that's why we have that unique opportunity to have those immersive uh, walkthrough experiences. Um, But other than the two theme parks that we have here, um, most Hong Kongers would have uh, trick-or-treat on Halloween nights. So they would go around the buildings, uh, ring doorbells, asking for candy. Uh, So... And and there's also lots of uh, Halloween decorations around town. So some of the malls have been decorated with um, Halloween decorations, and some buildings also have Halloween decorations and lighting on. So it's it's very common around here, actually. Oh, all right, great. Now, um, at Hong Kong Disneyland Resort, how long have they been celebrating Halloween? Have they been doing it since the park opened, or? Um is it more a recent celebration? I believe they've started uh, celebrating Halloween since 2006 because in 2005 it was the year that they opened and Halloween took place a month after they opened. So I doubt they would have had any events during then, but relatively early on, I would say they had Halloween events. All right. Good. So now, is there a theme at the Shanghai Disneyland Resort for Halloween this year? 
in Hong Kong this year, we have... Um, oh, sorry, Hong Kong. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this year's theme is actually uh, themed to Nightmare Before Christmas for its 25th anniversary. So that is something very exciting that we're celebrating this year. That would be very exciting over here as well. <laughs> so, so tell me, how, how, how are they celebrating Nightmare Before Christmas there? Uh, a lot of the decorations this year is actually geared towards uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. So um, above the turnstiles of the park, um, I know over in Disneyland they have the, the Fab Five in pumpkin form, but we actually have a giant Jack Skellington um, over on top of the turnstiles with also with Oogie Boogie and Zero, as well as a bunch of tombstones. Uh, there's also um, uh, a themed uh, meet and greet with uh, Sally, Oogie Boogie, and Jack Skellington next to City Hall. Uh, and, of course, we have the highlight of uh, the Halloween event this year, which is the uh, Journey to Halloween Town uh, immersive walkthrough, which is um, a walkthrough uh, which tries to immerse you into Halloween Town. Yeah. So, very excited. Let's let's just talk about that because that's right on Main Street, if I remember correctly. Is it is it on Main Street this year? That's where last year's haunted house is. Was they moved to a, a actually a multi-purpose uh, building right next to Grizzly Gulch? This year, Main Street is a prince. They've transformed that into a princess meeting group, uh, but they've cleared out the um, the multi-purpose building over in uh, Grizzly Gulch. So that's that's why this year it's moved back over there. Oh, all right. So uh, now I I don't know of any other Disney theme park that has a haunted house walkthrough. So can you can you take us through it? Because last year's I have no idea what went on, but um, it was amazing, and it uh, it was not for like the really really young guests last year. I thought, but uh, but um. It was impressive. So can you can you walk us through it? Uh, well, this year I actually feel that um, they've actually toned down um, the, the, the scariness of the, the walkthrough. Because um, as I was queuing up, I was seeing, wow, there are lots of kids here this year. And there are kids coming out that aren't actually crying. So I was thinking, <laughs> have they actually toned down um, the, the scare house to be more family friendly? Uh, because, of course, they're putting in a, a Disney IP in it, and I, I'm guessing it's more appealing to, to kids now. Uh, so walking in, I was thinking, am I going to be scared again this year, or am I going to walk through and think, oh, that was an immersive experience? And it turned out it wasn't actually scary at all. It was a very immersive experience. Um, so we started with the queue. The queue is um, we're walking through a graveyard. So the building itself is actually um, sort of in a cemetery. And um, as you're walking through the queue, you would see a lot of grave diggers. And they're, uh, carry, they're, they're all hunched back and they have shovels. And they would carry their shovel along, along the path. And they would try and scare people um, along the queue. And um, I, I think they've actually scared a few kids within the queue but not inside the building uh, so that was the, I, I guess the only scary bit of um, the walkthrough this year um, as you enter the building you pass through a bunch of graves and then you enter Halloween Town 
um, you're put into the center of Halloween Town, and you could see the fountain from the movie. You could see um, Town Hall, and you could see uh, the lab. And all of a sudden, an audio animatronic um, mayor uh, in his vehicle would come at you and start speaking at you in Cantonese. And I guess he he's introducing us to uh, Halloween Town. And then all of a sudden, another lab technician comes in and says, Sally needs your help. Sally needs your help. Um, come on, get into the lab. So we all rush into the lab and we see, of course, Sally there. And um, Sally's the only scare actor that speaks English in this uh, entire um, walkthrough. So I guess they're trying to balance, have a balance between Cantonese and English this year. But uh, I guess for most English speakers, the rest of the walkthrough wouldn't make any sense to them either way. Um, <laughs> So um, Sally's trying to put um, Dr. F uh, Frankenweenie to sleep, uh, and she, she, she's standing in front of a cauldron, and she's, getting she's trying to get the guests to interact with her. So she would go, oh, pass me these, pass me that. And then as the guests would pass her things, um, some sound effects of breaking glass, uh, breaking um, beakers would sound off. And then there's a shadow of Dr. Frankenweenie coming out and saying, what's that noise, Sally? Uh, I'm trying, uh, what are you doing downstairs and stuff like that. But um, what Sally's trying to do is make a potion to put uh, Dr. Frank and Weenie to sleep so he, she could uh, sneak off to see Jack Skellington. And uh, once she makes the potion, she escorts us back out into Halloween Town and we enter Halloween Town again and into Town Hall this time. And the next scene would be uh, Jack Skellington telling us about um, his preparations for Halloween. So we're put inside Town Hall, and then there's a lot of scream. He, he makes us laugh and scream, but I'm not sure why. So that was a bit odd. Um, and, and then uh, we walk out into the forest, the woods, with all the trees, and then with the different holidays, uh, just like the movie. Um, and what happens is we, we see um, Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Um, has actually kidnapped, uh, um, well, it's actually a scare actor dressed up as a child, but that, uh, Lock, Shock, and Barrel have kidnapped a, a, a scare actor, and the scare actor is telling us to uh, run off, go back, um, there's danger coming, and then Lock, Shock, and Barrel comes around and tells us that um, they're going to capture, capture us as well, and uh, well, this is the part that was really confusing because there wasn't actually um, a cast member or perhaps a scare actor to escort us to the next room. So we actually have to walk to the next room ourselves. And um, I'm not sure not sure if this was supposed to happen. Walking to the next room, a cast member dressed in all black and with the headset. So I would say it's more of a backstage cast member was telling us to stop before we head on, headed on to the next room. So mm -hmm. that kind of broke the immersion for a bit. Uh, but the last room that we entered would, was um, Oogie Boogie's Casino. And this was perhaps, um, I would say, the best decorated room because it, it was um, lit in uh, uh, black light, so everything was glowing. And then you could see Oogie Boogie glowing as well. And then what, what happened was uh, Oogie Boogie welcomed us to his casino and he pulled the lever. And then there was that kidnapped uh, child from the woods. Uh, and he was saying that he was about to kill her, but then Jack Skellington comes in and says, I'm here to save the day, pulls the lever, 
and stops Oogie Boogie, and that was it. So overall, um, although there was a lot of immersion in this uh, walkthrough this year, I didn't really feel that the story was on par with um, what we had before. And I kind of left um, uh, the Scarehouse thinking uh, that ending was a bit, you know, that was it. <laughs> so <laughs> so kind of weird for me this year, but um, definitely um, worth going in for the immersion. It looks cool. I mean, you know, from what I've seen on YouTube and all that. So now... Tell us about some of the other, uh, what, what are the um, resort decorations like? Because I remember them being really impressive when I was there last year. Um, so why don't we start off with Main Street? Um, so on Main Street, very similar to um, Disneyland in California, over on uh, Town Square, we also have that giant uh, Mickey Mouse as a pumpkin. So that's a very uh, popular photo op that we have. Um, other than that, um, most of Main Street is decorated with um, fall flowers or fall colored flowers. So there's lots of orange, lots of black or white and purple. Um, and uh, there's also um, scarecrows, yes, of course. Uh, there's also scarecrows around um, Town Square. Uh, and um, there's all, uh, of course there's a character greeting. So there's um, Mickey and friends, and also uh, Duffy and friends because uh, Duffy is very popular in the Asian park, of course. I uh, remember. They're all, <laughs> they're all wearing their uh, Halloween outfits. So this year they're wearing um, lots of purple. But I don't know why, but on their purple outfits they're there's a bunch of gears, like motor gears, but I don't understand why. Is it like steampunk? Yeah, kind of yeah, steampunk, yeah. Oh, okay. So that was a bit odd to me this year. Um, but other than that, um, that should be it for Main Street. Um, unfortunately, Tomorrowland, uh, Mystic Point, Grizzly Gulch, and Adventureland don't have any Halloween decorations. So that was a step down from last year. But uh, Fantasyland, we have an area in Fantasyland called uh, Fantasy Gardens, which is um, a garden with a bunch of small pavilions. And that's where um, uh, the characters would greet. Uh, and this year, um, similar to last year, they put out a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns with uh, the villains on them. So there's mm-hmm. Jack Skellington, Jack-o'-lantern, Cruella de Vil, Dr. Facilier. Um, those villains and this is also where uh, we have the trick-or-treating happening uh, 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 alongside with the character greeting so uh, cast members would hand out uh, free jack-o'-lanterns that we could uh, fold ourselves and then we could go trick-or-treating but unlike the um, the US Disney parks uh, we are only limited to two types of candy and they're not say um, different brands of candy uh, one of them is some um, marshmallow that tastes a bit funny, and the other one <laughs> is a gummy. Uh, and they're colored in, in two, diff- two different packets. So one of them is colored uh, is in a orange pa- uh, packet, which is a marshmallow, and the other one is in a purple wrapper. And um, 
I was asking the cast member, is it okay if, if you could give me some more of the purple wrapper candies? And the cast member was very honest with me and saying, oh, we're running out of them, so here's just one for you. <laughs> so <laughs> I was thinking, uh, okay, I, I guess I'll have more marshmallow then. Um, but some of the highlights uh, of character greeting in, in Fantasy Garden is having uh, Winnie the Pooh and his friends uh, dressed up in Halloween costumes. So we have, um, I think Pooh is in a pirate costume. I'm, I'm not very sure. Or I, actually, t- I think Tigger is in the pirate costume. Uh, Eeyore is the su- superhero, I- I'm assuming. Or, um, and I think Piglet is... Yeah, I don't really actually remember what they're dressed up as, but mm-hmm. they're in Halloween costume. And there's also villains coming out, so um, there's also uh, Claude Frollo, which is a character that we don't really see often. Uh, the Red Queen, Maleficent, uh, and Captain Hook, of course. Okay, well, that's great that you have the villains, because I know uh, not all of the parks do have them come out. So now we know that the the characters dress up in costumes. Do the guests come to the park in costumes? Uh, not really, actually. Um, most um, usually guests would dress up when we have our annual pass holder nights. Um, oh, I think I should mention that um, over in Hong Kong Disneyland, we don't actually have a park ticket event, so it's not like um, Mickey's Halloween party. So it's just um, part of the park admission. So most guests won't actually dress up um, in this case. But when we have, um, when the park actually closes off um, the park for uh, annual pass holder events, that's when we start seeing um, annual pass holders uh, dress up as uh, different um, characters. So I always see um, uh, Judy Hopps and what was the fox's name again? Sorry. Um, Nick Wilde, yeah. Judy yeah. Fox and Nick Wilde. Um, there's always people dressing up as them. This year, a uh, popular um, character that was dressed up was um, Miguel from Coco. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a lot of Star Wars um, characters dressed up as well. So those are sort of, uh, the popular uh, kind of costumes that we have. Okay. And they have a... I know you sent me a photo that now they do have um, Coco in, in the park. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, this year they've added um, a Coco arts and craft area where um, we would have um, a guitarist come in from time to time and start playing the songs. And um, every guest is handed um, the paper cutouts, um, which is a paper cutout of um, different parts of the story and they keep changing up um, these paper cutouts so um, for people who actually want to collect these uh, paper cutouts they would have to keep going uh, to the park from time to time to collect uh, different uh, versions of the, of the paper cutouts and there's also face painting in this area where you could be uh, painted um, into a skeleton similar to um, how Miguel was disguised in, um, in the movie okay well that's neat so, this now now then we come to the the parade. Now I saw the parade last year, and I I had it, it, I was perplexed. First of all, you had to be on Main Street 
to really fully appreciate the parade. And this is called Disney's Villains Night Out Chapter 3. So I figure I saw Chapter 2 last year. And because I was around the corner, I didn't see the whole um, what goes on in the hub and all of that. So I was completely perplexed by by the parade so can you tell our listeners what, what is uh, disney's villains night out and how is chapter three different from chapter two so uh villains night out as the title um chapter three as the title um indicates is the third version of the parade and before we even had uh, villains night out we actually had a fantastic uh, uh halloween parade called um, Glow, in the, Glow in the Park Parade, where um, the park would actually turn off all those lights and then turn on all the black lights and everything would start glowing in the park. And it was a fantastic parade. But they had to get rid of this parade because of Paint the Night, because they didn't have enough room to store the parade floats. Mm-hmm. So they got rid of our Halloween parade and brought in Paint the Night. And since then, we actually haven't had a full um, full halloween parade at night um so i think from what you can remember michael uh villains night out there wasn't a lot of uh parade floats right right there were just these um characters large character floats and then there were dancers in between and then there was some sort of performance yeah so this year it's still the same so we have ursula we have Jafar and um, the evil queen on these, say, singular character floats. And we also have a bunch of villains walking around um, on the street. So, of course, Jack Skellington, uh, Oogie Boogie, Cruella de Vil, uh, the Red Queen, Claude Faro, uh, and Captain Hook uh, are some of them um, that walk around the uh, main street this year. Uh, but the, the addition this year was um, Maleficent. So, um, I, I'm just going to read off the guide map right now on the description of the parade. It is, um, led by Maleficent, the infamous Disney villains are turning the park upside down in the most wicked cavalcade ever. Which is much to say because this is the first time I've actually walked out of a parade in a Disney <laughs> park because of how horrendous it was. I would say it was a step down from... Okay, it, it was already bad before, but this is even worse um and i'll explain right now um this year at this castle hub they've actually built a temporary stage and of course um because the castle is right now under construction and they walled off the other half of the hub so they've they've walled up uh, they've made a new temporary stage over the hub um and this is where the show stop happens um so the villains would walk up on the stage and they would just start walking up and down the stage with a bunch of smoke, so you can't actually see anything, uh, walking up and down the stage and screaming. The only cool thing about this parade is um, the way Main Street is uh, projected. So there's a bunch of projections along Main Street of spider webs and skeletons, and it's and it's uh, uh, quite cool to watch. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the highlight of it, I would say. Uh, well, let's hope that there's uh, that there's no chapter four and they just start a whole new <laughs> parade next year. 
So, yeah. So you mentioned merchandise. So what kind of I remember merchandise is a big thing there. So what kind of merchandise do they have for Halloween this year? Um, of course, this year it's themed to Nightmare Before Christmas. So you would find a lot of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas merchandise. So um, a lot of them actually is uh, glow in the dark. So they've actually made glow in the dark um, a big part of. Uh, the merchandise this year um, but some of the things I found that was um, pretty cool was a Nightmare Before Christmas shirt um, celebrating the 25 year, 25th anniversary um, another cool thing is um, th- they have a lot of tiny Jack plushes and one of them was attached to uh, Zero so I got that one for my cousin um, who's, who's in the States right now and I've shipped it off to her because she is a huge fan of Nightmare Before Christmas. So that's not something really cool that I found. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, of course, um, Duffy and, and his pa- uh, friends are very popular in, uh, here in Hong Kong. So there's a lot of um, Duffy merchandise on Halloween. So the costumes, of course, uh, that you could put on your um, dolls. And also Tum um, T-shirts that are Halloween themed, which are also glow in the dark. That's mm-hmm. something I guess you won't find outside of Hong Kong. Yeah, so I I remember those um, glow in the dark shirts and how good. I think I bought three, and they and how well they um, look under black light. Yeah, and all that. So they had a lot of cool shirts there. I remember. Yeah. Oh, I'm curious. Toy Story Land. Uh, did that have Halloween decorations this year? So I remember they did last year. Uh, yes, they actually they they've kept the same uh, decoration. So we have baby face, legs, and hand in the box um, along the path as you walk towards Storyland. Um, and these are pretty cool because they're quite large size and they're great photo ops to take as well. And I I doubt they have it over in um, the Toy Story Land in, in Shanghai, Disneyland Paris, and um, Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what about food? That is a, a big thing for any Disney fan. So what, uh, is there some Halloween-themed um, treats, snacks, you know, meals, anything like that there? Uh, we do, but um, I actually didn't find much. So um, the ones that I found were um, on Main Street this year, actually. Um, so in the Main Street Bakery, we have um, a Mickey-shaped donut that is um, that has icing um, to, to color it into a pumpkin. Uh, I, I'm not sure what um, the flavor is, but uh, I guess it's just sugar. Either way, um, <laughs> there's, there's uh, cream puff um, that's shaped into uh, Jack Skellington called Jack's Knight. Uh, yeah, and there's also a what looks like a mango pudding uh but it's called wizard pumpkin cup so it's uh, a small cup with some orange pudding and a pumpkin on top wearing a wizard's hat so that's some of the treats that we have in the bakery um and the two table service restaurants in on main street are serving um, halloween set menus so on the right side of main street we have uh, the Main Street Corner Cafe. Uh, I'm not sure if you've eaten there, Michael. Yes, I did. 
Yeah. Uh, so this year, um, uh, on the Main Street Corner Cafe, uh, they have a three-course uh, Halloween set menu. Um, and the three dishes are called Mysterious Garden, Pumpkin Party, and Jack in Town. So Mysterious Garden is a veal tenderloin carpaccio with asparagus salad. So from what I'm seeing in this uh, photo right now, it's served on a Mickey plate. And it, essentially, it's just um, slices of veal with um, asparagus and um, other vegetables cut into shapes of ghosts and pumpkins. Uh, the main course is called Pumpkin Party. Uh, it has three different uh, items on this plate. There's a pumpkin game hen pot au feu with uh, salmon and asparagus roll served with a beetroot lemon foam. So from what I'm seeing in this image, it's a uh, pumpkin carved into a, well, it's a miniature pumpkin. I'm not sure if it's pumpkin um, with the chicken and the salmon looks like salmon and then there's the asparagus roll. Not, nothing Halloween about that one. And I guess uh, the one that's the most interesting is Jack in Town, which is a chocolate mousse cake with raspberry. And the most interesting part is it looks like Jack Skellington. So it's a chocolate mousse cake that looks like Jack Skellington. Oh. So have you had any, uh, are there any special treats that you've had that you've enjoyed? Um, no, I actually, I don't really eat at the park that much. Um, so I, I don't actually try any of the treats usually. Oh, okay. Or, yeah. Now, Craig, did you have anything you wanted to ask Hadrian? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first off, I guess I'll start with kind of crowd levels at this time of year. Is Halloween super busy or... Uh, is it is it considered off season or just kind of right in between? How does how do the the locals and visitors uh, flock to Hong Kong for Halloween? Um, well, Hong Kong's a bit of a, a special kind of um, place uh, in terms of crowds because um, I'm not sure if you know, but um, Golden Week in China was last week, October first to October seventh. To celebrate their national holiday. Yes, of course. Yeah, we knew. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, lately, there have been a lot of um, mainland Chinese guests coming down to the park. Um, so this week would be especially packed. Uh, but I went yesterday, and I didn't actually see that many people. So that was a bit weird. But um, in comparison to other parks. Um, when you see a 40-minute wait, that is considered very long because everything is around five, a five-minute wait um, mm -hmm. on a normal day. And I think that, that's what you saw as well, Michael, when you came. Oh, absolutely. Like Mystic Manor was a walk-on every yeah. time when we were there. Um, the longest Space Mountain would get would be 40 minutes. Um, Iron Man is never under... Uh, never over half an hour um, and the longest the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh which I, I don't understand the appeal for this ride <laughs> um, but I guess it's more of a, a family friendly choice of course um, but otherwise um, 
most schools um, break off for half term in uh, around mid October to the end of October. So that would be another um, busy time. Uh, but otherwise, I would say in comparison to other par parks, um, especially the U.S. parks, um, October is a great time to come because either way, the wait times are going to be low. And um, the weather is actually really nice right now. So um, Hong Kong always gets this um, criticism of being super humid. But um, lately we've been getting really dry uh, sort of temperatures and it's cool, starting to cool down a bit. Um, so we're getting around 20 degrees Celsius uh, um, on average uh, during the day. So that's a that's, uh, nice temperature for Hong Kong. So mid seventies for us then. Yeah. Well, I, I remember just um, very just finding Hong Kong Disneyland just an enchanting park. Now, not only because of its familiarity, because it, it's very reminiscent of Disneyland California, but so, just some of the um, attractions that we don't have: uh, Mystic, you know, Mystic Manor, Grizzly. Um, Oh gosh, Grizz Grizzly Gulf. What what is it? The, the train? Which, oh, Grizzly Gulch. Gulch, yeah. Um, which I was sure it broke, <laughs> <laughs> and we started uh, going backwards. <laughs> and, um, uh, anyway, I, I mean, there are some spectacular attractions there, and um, I, you know, I I I really hope because you're doing enormous expansion at that park right now has has the um the, the sort of reimagining of the castle been a hindrance to getting around the park at all um it's a bit tricky to get to uh fantasy land now because you either have to go around uh adventure land to get into fantasy land or go um around main street Oh, sorry, Main Street and then Tomorrowland to get into uh, Fantasyland. So that's kind of the only problem with um, the castle. But okay. um, as of right now, um, I haven't started vertical construction on the um, on the extension of Sleeping Beauty Castle. So you can still take um, your classic uh, Disney castle photo. Oh, all right. There's going to be a construction wall in, um, in between you and the castle. So that's the only difference. No. <laughs> okay. Well, Hadrian, thank you so much for being on um, Connecting with Walt and, and telling us what's going on in Hong Kong this Halloween. Uh, thank you for having me on the show, Michael. Oh, our pleasure. We hope to have you back again. And happy Halloween. You too. Happy Halloween. Thank you. Well, we have a spectacular edition, of course, of this day in Disney history as we start to approach Halloween. And we are looking at the week beginning um, October 27th. And, of course, we have Craig here, our current champion. And we're welcoming back the Diz's assistant editor, Tom Bell, back for another round. So, Tom, how are you this week? I'm, I'm apparently a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so um so so tom we're glad to have you back uh, tell you. Our, so tell our listeners how did you become a part of the diz oh um 
I was a fan, <laughs> and which is uh, how a lot of a lot of the stories start, right? Yeah, but oh um, yeah, that's how Mike started. Though. Yeah, you're what? questioning it there. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's how um, that that's how mine started. I was yeah. just a fan. Yeah, um, and I had been posting a lot of stuff on the boards, and there they you know we had the the that back time that time they had the Disneyland correspondence so. I emailed Corey and I said, Hey, if you ever need, you know, somebody else on the team, let me know. And so then they brought me on as a correspondent and then the podcast started. And then I lost my quote unquote real job. And mm-hmm. so Corey's like, Hey, you know, you want to come on part time and, and, you know, work for the Diz and like, yes, please. And then it, you know, worked into full time and that's how, that's how it came to be. It's very close to the story that I've heard. <laughs> okay, I, I will good. say right, Pete's taken a little bit more credit for it than uh, you might expect, but uh, very close. Okay, that's 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 creative license. It still ends up the same way with you, with <laughs> right? The job. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. With you yeah. being a with you being a part of the day. Yeah, there's a couple differences in between there, though. So we'll, we'll have to discuss those off air. We will. <laughs> it's like those those YouTube videos that you see, like um, you know, this is the this is the book. How the book is different from the film version. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, well. Anyway, so well, Tom, we're delighted to have you as part of the Diz and to have you back as Thank part you. of connecting with Walt here. So I'm just going to run through for our listeners the, the rules of the game here so you can play at home. Uh, if you choose to not hear multiple choice options, you will receive three points for a correct answer. If you choose to hear the multiple choice options, you will receive two points for a correct answer. If you ask me to remove an incorrect option, you will receive one point for a correct answer. And if you correctly answer the question after your opponent answers the question incorrectly, you will receive one point. Some questions may have opportunities to earn bonus points. You can earn one point for each bonus question correctly answered. If the event of a tie, there will be a tiebreaker question. And you'll definitely find having a pencil and paper useful for those. Okay. All right. So, Tom, yes, would sir. you like to, re- as our guest, would you like to receive the question or pass it on to Craig? Um, I will let Craig go first again. It's, it's, it worked out well for me last week. Mm, okay. It did? <laughs> no, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Craig. It was close. It was very close. Only one point difference. So, Craig, on um, October 27th, 1954, Walt Disney's very first television series, Walt Disney's Disneyland, named after his yet-to-be-completed park, premieres on ABC TV. What is the name of the first episode? I don't believe I need multiple choice for that. I've watched this one many times, whether it was uh, on Treasures from the Disney Vault or the, the... Treasures, um, the Walt Disney Treasures box set. I believe it's the Disneyland story. That is correct. And 
about 30.8 million American viewers tune into what will be a TV tradition for more than 40 years. So in this first episode, you, you, viewers are given a quick tour of the Walt Disney Studios. They are introduced to Walt Disney's newest venture, a theme park called Disneyland. And it's also and that this is really the first time the public got exposed to the plans for the park in Anaheim. This episode also features the song, The Ballad of Davy Crockett, sung by Fess Parker as a coming attraction for the upcoming Davy Crockett trilogy, which will air in just a few weeks. Hey, very good. You're off to a good start here. Okay. All right, Tom, over to you. Mm -hmm. Animator Roland Ham Hamilton is born in South Dakota on October. October 28, 1898. In February 1924, he began work on many of the Oswald the Lucky Rabbit shorts and nearly all of the Alice comedies. He would go on to help originate another animation studio. Which one? Uh, I will take multiple choice. This A, Felix the Cat Productions. B, Warner Brothers Animation, C, Hanna-Barbera Studios, or D, Universal Cartoon Studios? Or E, you should have let (laughs) Craig go second. Craig go second, yes. I I was thinking of that. What was the gentleman's name again? Not that that's going to help. Roland Ham Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, Hamilton. Ah, uh, I have no idea. Um, the $10. I will. Yeah. 19th. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Relative of Alexander. Right. I will go. I will just take a guess and say Hanna-Barbera. Okay. That is incorrect. Okay. All right. Craig, over to you. Did Ham Hamilton help found Felix the Cat Productions, Hanna-Barbera Studio? I'm sorry, Warner Brothers Studio Animation or Universal Cartoon Studios? I, I've never heard of him. And so the one studio I have the least amount of knowledge with, surprisingly, is uh, Universal. So I'm going to say them. Final answer. Yes. Okay, that is incorrect. <laughs> Hamilton went on to originate the Warner Brothers cartoon mm. studio with Hugh Harmon oh. and Rudolph Ising, who were also former Disney animators. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's a wild guess. <laughs> well, it was a good try there. Okay. okay, October 29th, Craig. On October 29th, 2001, a local newspaper reports this Disney theme park attraction is now shuttered. That's in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Multiple choice. Okay, is it A, Disneyland's Rocket Rods? B, <laughs> Disneyland's Country Bear Jamboree? C, Walt Disney World's River Country, or D, the Magic Kingdom's Carousel of Progress? Hmm. I'm going to go with take one away. I will take away um, River Country. Oh, um, okay. Um, hmm. I feel... Maybe I'm wrong. I, God, we've talked about Rocket Rod so much. And 
2001 isn't sticking out to me. That that also deals with the fact that I was there in 1999 when it was there. I feel like it didn't make it past 2000. I could be completely wrong. Um, River Country, that feels early, which you took it away anyway, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So that comes down between Carousel of Progress and... Um, I don't even remember the other one. Oh, Disney Rocket Rods, Disneyland's Country Bear Jamboree, or Magic Kingdom's Carousel of Progress? Country Country Bear? Um, hmm. Now, it's between Country Bear and Carousel of Progress for me. Um, You already rolled out River Country, and Rocket Rods is out of my mind. So it's between those two. Um, oh, I, I, I'm probably wrong, which it would give Tom the easy answer. I'm going with Country Bear Jamboree. Okay, that is incorrect. Okay, Tom, over to you. You have a 50-50 chance here. Is it the Rocket yeah. Rods or the Carousel of Progress? Uh, the and you the, the hey October twenty ninth two thousand and one. One. I'm going. Oh, it's a trick question. Probably let's see. Carousel of Progress. Is that your final, final answer? answer? Final answer. You are correct. Although there isn't a closed sign on the futuristic building, the attraction has been removed from the Magic Kingdom guide maps and the daily bulletin board on Main Street. However, it will reopen uh, soon afterwards on a seasonal basis. That was my number two. Yeah, Not that it mattered, but... (laughs) so Okay, Um, Tom, over to you. October 30th. Disney's fourth Silly Symphony cartoon, Hell's Bells, is released on October 30th, 1929. Who made their directorial debut with this short? Uh, uh, Let's see. Uh, Multiple choice, please. Okay, is it A, Roy Disney, B, Wilfred Jackson, C, Ub Iwerks, or D, Carl Stalling? Oh man, filling out that one. That's nineteen twenty nine. I worked seems too obvious. Um, I d- really don't know the answer. Also, I will say D. Carl Stalling. Sure. That is incorrect. Okay. Craig, over to you. <clears throat> I still get the multiple choice again with that. Oh sure. Is it so who directed um Hell's Bells? Roy Disney, Wilfred Jackson, or Carl Stalling in their directorial debut? I, I said Stalling and you said. Oh I'm sorry, a Byworks. A Byworks. Well, now I don't want to read into it too much, but if you left him off. (laughs) No, I just highlighted Carl Stalling and it caught my eye. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, now I don't know, though, and I don't trust you. <laughs> um, How long have we been working together? I, long enough to know that you've tricked me in the past. Um, gonna go with Jackson. Wilfred Jackson? Yeah. Okay, that's a good guess because he directed many of the shorts, but actually, a Byworks. Hmm. So yeah. you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this this is if you've never seen this short, it's worth looking up on YouTube. It features the devils of hell gathering together for a mad frolic. Now with music by Carl Stalling, Hell's Bells Oh is see, I knew that he was in love song. Really it this is really well animated, but it's very disturbing with um images not typically found in a Disney family oriented, you know, cartoon of this era. We are not doing so well, Craig. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm not let's doing see. not well. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, Craig, you you get Halloween here. The answer is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, uh, October thirty first. What is the significance of October thirty first, nineteen thirty nine, for Disney fans? That it was Halloween night. Um, <laughs> I I also don't need this one too. Um, I think if you've Listen to any of the episodes that we've done recently, uh, in particular on uh, the best and worst of Walt Disney World. We recently did an episode where we talked about our favorite last ride. If we only could do one more ride before we left Walt Disney World, I said that the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror would be my one ride. And Mm -hmm. that is also what happened in the Twilight Zone. Not... Not this is a map of the United States behind us. This is a maintenance service elevator. So it's a nice try that you did to trick me on that. But I know my Twilight Zone. Thank <laughs> you. I tried to trick you. <laughs> I, I know you, you tried. Ever, I know it. Did though. you ever actually give the answer? You said Tower of Terror, but what's the date? It's, Why is the date significant? It's October thirty first, nineteen thirty nine. That's when the the it just disappeared and the elevators fell That's down. That's right. That's right. This is the date of the fateful elevator accident at the Tower of Terror. Otherwise, and, I wouldn't know what happened in nineteen thirty nine. Well, there was a, there was a stock market crash. Um, Walt went to the. He ate lunch. He had chili. Yeah. This is, and this is also the date inscribed on the eviction notice that appears on the entrance gates and on an inspection notice in one of the elevators. Okay, very good, Craig. Great leap forward there. Also, I, I want to point out Walt might have eaten chili on that day. So he might have. Oh, that should have been a bonus question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I had a scotch mist, too. Okay. He definitely had that. It's not beat around the bush. Okay. Okay. Um, Tom, over to you for November okay. 1st. On November 1st, 2009, more than 100 Santas, Mrs. Clauses, and Santas helpers show up at Minneapolis's Mall of America for a special screening of which Disney holiday film? We just leap from one holiday to the other here. Oh. 2009? 2009. Uh. 
I um, I have an idea, but I think I'm going to take the the multiple oh, choice. No, you don't need it. Think about the most disappointing <laughs> Disney Christmas movie to come out in the past ten years. Um, um, <laughs> I'll let Christmas. I'm going to break. What did you just? You gave it up, Michael. <laughs> You're giving him the points anyways. He would have got it. No, when you said uh, that. Anyway, go ahead. Um, the, oh, it's not coming to me. Michael said I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I, 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 I really Hold didn't. Hold on. Let me, let, I let heard me, you let say me, it. Let me back up. Yeah, um, rewind. <laughs> Crap. Give me the multiple choice. Okay, is it A, the Santa Claus? B, the Santa Claus 2? Disney's <laughs> A Christmas Carol? C, or D, Muppets A Christmas Carol? I'll throw that in there. <laughs> um, okay, so it's I guess it's the Santa Claus then. All right, I thought it was, I thought that was older. What? No? Hey, Tom! I quit. I quit. Come on. <laughs> Okay, Craig, you clearly know take, this. Take my Over point. To you. Jim Carrey's terrible rendition oh, of Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay, oh, my got gosh. It. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. I had said Muppets Christmas Carol because I always throw Muppets yeah. in there because it's like, for Craig, it's like a moth oh, to the flame yeah, if yeah, I say yeah. Muppets. Muppets was 1993. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. I, and I, I, knew, I knew Santa Claus was older, but I, I didn't even click that it was – you were talking about the Jim Carrey – yeah. Fiasco. That's I was thinking. I was. I was thinking about the 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 train one that was similar to, to um, oh, um, the Christmas. Oh, I know what you mean. And I couldn't come up with the name of it. Oh, that, but, uh, Tom Hanks. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But that wasn't Disney, was it? No, no that was Robert yeah. Zemeckis, who also yeah. directed A Christmas Carol. Yes. Yeah. Um, see. See. Yeah. What the, I why can't I think that. of the name of it? It's the stupid one with the, the Polar bell. Express. Thank the you. Polar Express. Thank you. Express, yeah. 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 So close enough. We'll give him a half a point. <laughs> right, <no. laughs> okay. Okay, Craig, here you go. For November 2nd, popular voice over actor and Disney legend Paul Fries, known for his haunted mansion narration and voices in the Pirates of the Caribbean, passes away in California on November 2nd, 1986. What well-known Disney character did he also voice? Mm, well, you named two of them. So I will do multiple choice. Hey, was it A, Professor Ludwig von Drake? B, Abraham Lincoln in the original Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln? C, Goofy? Or D, Chernabog? Mm, I don't remember Chernabog ever talking. I could be wrong on that. I don't believe he was Goofy. And I, the only thing that's leading me to this is that on Apple Music, I believe, I I do have the album where you can listen to um, the Spectrum song and other Mm -hmm. songs involving Professor Ludwig von Drake, and I believe it has Paul Fries's name to it, so... I'm going with that. And you are correct. I have that same album. <laughs> it's, I wish I had the real album. I'll yeah. settle for the digital, though. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I have. It's on Apple Music. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. Well, seven, not nine to one. Okay, yes. so Tom, well, here you go. Nine to one. That's not fair. I had eight to two, but okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm, I, I probably will. Okay. Okay. Well, Tom, you get the general question here. Okay. Okay. 70-year-old Nick Stewart, who voiced Br'er Bear in Disney's 1946 film Song of the South, returned to the studio to voice the character for Splash Mountain. Can you name another film voice actor who was recalled to Disneyland to voice their character for an attraction? Oh, my God. Sorry. Um, um. 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 Okay. Can you can you repeat the? Did you say animated or just? Actor? It just can you name another film voice actor who was recalled to Disneyland to uh, voice, voice their character? Voice, okay, so voice or actor. an attraction. Okay, so voice actor. So I guess it is. Uh, so the one I'm thinking of wouldn't be. What? Uh, Remember, they just voiced their character for an attraction. That's I think we're yeah, okay. in Fantasyland for this. I think. I think so. Well, what are you thinking? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's... it's um, uh, well, I could be wrong. I'm no. just... I'm just yeah, no, I know, no, I think you're correct. I think it's I think it's Alice in Wonderland. I think it's... Uh, oh, man, I'm going to blow the name. Is Catherine Beaumont? That is correct. There you go. Very okay. good. Yeah. Um, there's bonus questions here. There's more than Ooh. one. <laughs> Ooh. There's at least two others. Can you okay, name Come on, Tom. Tom. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the one out that I was thinking of, which is really probably not a voice actor. I was going to say Anthony Daniels. Okay. For, you know, for Star Tours. Very good. Okay. That. I hadn't thought of him, but I'm including him. That's actually um, there's still yeah. there's still two more. Um, if you get one more, I'll give this whole round to you. You can be the winner. Uh, okay, so you can guess wrong first. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't think. I don't, I'm trying to think. Peter Pan, it, sh- it shouldn't be Peter Pan. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm stumped on the rest. Okay. What okay, do you got, Craig? Craig can jump over to you. Um, the only other one that jumped out to me is maybe Sterling Holloway. No, not no. him. Okay. No, the, the other two I had were Adriana Casalotti for Snow White's Wishing oh, Well. Really? Oh, really? Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And Johnny Depp for Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, okay. That's okay. been an easy one. Yeah. yeah. I feel stupid yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yes, I mean, he makes live appearances in the one right. in this one. <laughs> when he's not dealing with stuff. Yes, yes, and he has a lot of stuff in his um, treasure chest to deal mm-hmm. with. Sure he does. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, nine to three. Craig, congratulations. And, um, well, Tom, well, Tom you, you've got to come back. <laughs> one, yes. One, one more week. Here, let's choose first that. next time, please. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. I don't All think right. it's going to make a difference, but. Well, we, we, Tom, we wish you a happy Halloween. What's your costume Thank you. this year? 
I not sure. I, I, I I'm working on it though. Okay. Any suggestions? Um, Winnie the Pooh. These nice. Like, yes. Yeah, get okay. those questions really well. Right, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you next week. All right. Well, many thanks to Hadrian for taking the time to talk about Hong Kong Disneyland with us, and yeah. uh, I am. Hong Kong is just so cool with what they do with Disneyland. They have it has the same feel, of course, as you know Disneyland California, but with that haunted house that even though I had no idea what was going on in it last year was still cool, and um, just that, that you know they have a lot of decorations the way you know the the way we're used to them. Yeah, and. I'm- it, it, it's it's a very cool experience. I really hope that we're not that far off from trying something like this in either of of the parks. So uh, whether it's the domestic parks, I mean, whether it's Walt Disney World or or Disneyland, like you know, I know Hollywood Studios is changing, but I feel like they could easily do a haunted house with villains or. Nightmare Before Christmas or anything uh, over there. There's there's room to do it, and it could fit in, especially if they ever decided to bring back villains-themed uh, entertainment like they've had in the past before. Um, uh, and then even at Disneyland, you know, it's your branded is just Mickey's Halloween Party instead of ours being Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So we'd have to keep some of the scares out, but there's nothing that says yours can't be a little bit scary. No. Uh, it'd be hard to find room to put in a haunted house somewhere uh, at, at your resort, but gosh, just just imagine if it could be done. Um, it's uh, I feel like that's, that's the place to do it, too, if, if you can, because, uh, you know, even on, like, a, a super scary factor, uh, I feel like Universal Orlando and Knott's Berry Farm strive at creating very detailed beautiful houses that mm-hmm. aren't always scary um there there can be elements but they're not inherently scary just more more what disney fans look like at a general basis you know when you walk around when you walk around all the parks you're looking at the details that that set it apart from your average regional theme park and so the fact that these these other theme parks do do put this detail in these seasonal events where they're just you know they're gone after a couple months i feel like what would happen if disney really went down this path if if disneyland did and they they decided to go all in on it what what amazing things we could see so oh i know uh, hopefully one day i think they could do it at disney's california adventure yes And, and 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 it could have a little edge to it and they and they have the space in the hollywood land area I yeah. mean, they have a couple of buildings they could do it in. I agree. Yeah, no. And yeah. that's, you know, with with the fact that Halloween's becoming even bigger over there with, mm-hmm. you know, Cars Land adding it last year and Buena Vista Street getting decked out more and more, Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. switching to Monsters After Dark uh, mm-hmm. when it gets later on. Um, uh, the Coco celebrations back back in Pixar Pier area. I'm sure that could expand next year with more Pixar Halloween going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I feel like the potential is definitely there. So yeah, yeah, um, I agree. 
So, so Craig, how will you be celebrating Halloween on October 31st? Oh, it'll uh, just be a simple thing. So I, I talked about it before in past years and a couple times leading up to it. But we actually, the neighborhood we live in, uh, we're, we're fortunate enough that we have tons and tons of kids. Uh, so uh, luckily, we'll be able to sit out on Halloween night, uh, probably with Rhino. That's what we did last year. And probably will continue the the tradition this year and hand out hand out candy to the kids and then the random teenagers that get thrown in too (laughs) um but yeah no it's we've run out of candy both uh the couple years we've lived in our house we've run out of candy each year on halloween so i'm going for a third year in a row of running out of candy so, Great. Yeah. yeah, we uh we have a court party. We had one last year and we'll have another one this year. And uh, last year we encouraged the children to come to a central area and I I decorate though in front and I have a whole sort of it's sort of nightmare before Christmas kind of thing. And kids the the, the trick or treaters love it and there's things that scream as they walk by and all that. And I really missed that. So yeah. What we're going to have, because we're at the end of the court, um, you know, buried deep in the court. Um, what we're going to do is when the kids come up, we're then going, they're going to be, as they get the candy in the central area, and I'm going to be able to see them coming. I'll run back into the house. And then they're going to be siphoned over to our house uh-huh. to come and get more candy uh-huh. so that I can have my jack-o'-lanterns out yeah. and, you know, all that can have all my little effects and things like yeah. that. That's so, so it'll be the best of both worlds. Yeah. No, <laughs> and I love walking around after we, we do get to that point where it's like we hand out a lot of candy and then put the bowl on the front porch when we know it's, uh, it's, it's getting about time to wrap up and inevitably i'm sure there's just like one or two people that come by and steal it all um but then like i i would be probably understating it if i said on like in every little kind of side street or or little small cul-de-sac area in our in our neighborhood if you know if there's 10 houses it's not it's not rare to see probably four or five of them completely decorated out for halloween so Mm -hmm. just just like you would expect at christmas so uh while we don't do that for halloween even though i say each year i'm gonna do and i think i even said it this year on the show that i was gonna try to do it um it's it's so cool on halloween night especially when you get that cool breeze coming in to then walk around and see all the spooky decorations and yeah no one's out trick-or-treating anymore so it has that that kind of that just creepy vibe to it and uh it's i I love halloween so much but i'm ready for christmas now (laughs) (laughs) well day after halloween you're all clear with the the road bump that is thanksgiving oh halloween (laughs) halloween night at 1201 is when you start watching nightmare before christmas yes it is socially acceptable at that point that's true that's true well, uh, Craig, I hope you have a very spooky and ghoulishly fun Halloween. Yeah, you too, Michael. Thank you. And then until next time, where can our listeners find you on the Diz Unplugged network of shows? Uh, as always, you can find me on the Walt Disney World Edition podcast, the 
Best and Worst of Walt Disney World, the Universal Edition podcast, the Diz Daily Fix, and then always, you know, if you don't care about all that boring stuff I just said, uh, you can always find me at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Teleclaster. Uh, Michael, what about you? You can uh, send me messages at Michael at WDWinfo.com. On Twitter, I'm at MBowling121. Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling. Instagram, I'm Michael Bowling the Diz. And you can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at ConnectingWalt. If you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes at disunplug.com. And look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings. And thank you for making us a part of your day. And remember, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing – that it was all started by a man, Walt Disney, and his brother Roy. Mm-hmm.